I am Araceli, a wealth advisor, real estate investor in the United States and Canada, and creator of Wealthy Women in Real Estate. Every week, I meet with Colette, a real estate broker and a real estate investor in Canada. We come together to talk about all things real estate investing and how to increase your wealth. Join us. Welcome everyone, this is Araceli, wealth advisor, U.S real estate investor in Canada real estate investor as well and creative of wealthy women and real estate and in my weekly call with Colette today uh, we have a special guest Colette can you introduce yourself of course hi everybody my name is Colette Rava and I'm a residential real estate broker in the GTA uh, and also an investor um, just in Canada, not in the U.S. I'm not as fancy as Araceli and Tim, but you know, hopefully one day I will become one and uh, and hopefully soon because the borders should be opening up soon and we can, you know, start going back and forth again. Um, and actually that's how I met Araceli and Tim was through U.S. investing. I'm sorry, my phone is ringing. Um, I just want to say welcome, Tim. I'm I'm happy. We're happy to have you on the show. We we actually want Tim to come on and talk about something that he has uh, uh, gone through himself, and that is mortgage notes, which is yeah. something that normally people don't really hear about because this so, is mostly done in the U.S. So that's why. So, but it's good information to have. So welcome, oh, absolutely, Tim. Absolutely. So. Tim, can you tell us what a mortgage note is? Well, um, if you're familiar with the financial crisis in 2008, right? Uh, there was and has been in the United States a secondary market in mortgages as securities for quite a long time. We don't do that in Canada. We don't do it the same way. The notion is that if you as a homeowner have a mortgage the bank can take your mortgage and sell it to somebody okay so your payments instead of going to bank of america as an example they go to chase manhattan instead and there's a secondary market who trades these mortgages uh in the past and then in the I will say that Clinton, during the Clinton administration, some of the rules changed and Wall Street started bundling many of them together and selling them as a mortgage-backed securities. Now, all of the machinations and things underneath that, I don't understand. But I do know that after 2008, many of the banks had non-performing mortgages on their books. These were the people who went through financial difficulty en masse and couldn't afford to keep their homes anymore because in many cases, the mortgages themselves were, the terms and conditions were ridiculously uh, maybe consumer orientated so that you could get a, an initial mortgage for two or three years at three percent and then after that the interest rate would jump to 19 percent, just like a credit card things like that were going on and i'm no so there's no there's no real regulation because when as canadians let's just go back to how it is in canada now as a canadian mortgage holder yeah. i go to bank 
ABC and say, here, please lend me X number of dollars. And I can only, I have blinders on, they have blinders on, my agreement is only with them and they cannot Absolutely. take my mortgage and sell it to someone else. That's right. For whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Generally, so that's note generally is. that is how it works. And unless, that's what they call a note. So unless how, you, how do you get, get involved with notes? How do you them? buy notes, Tim? Well, what I found was at a networking meeting was a fellow who had a legal entity it was it was in the u.s and he would buy them from buy the u.s mortgage through this legal entity uh and he dealt with a few of them and there's actually trade shows you can go to and learn all about how to do this uh and in one case i educated myself with a couple of courses and then i went down to las vegas and i spent a three days at a conference and met a bunch of people and learned all about it and this is an ongoing thing so um, the, the the scheme is that instead of investing directly in the house in the property you buy the paperwork that represents the mortgage and then you track down the original uh, owner of the house who had the mortgage and has defaulted and you attempt to restructure it. So let's say they owe $100,000 on the mortgage at an interest rate of 10%, right? You can approach the person and in order to clear their and improve their credit score, what you did was you perhaps paid $15,000 for that mortgage of your own money and you're approaching the original person who had the, the name on the mortgage and you're saying I'll tell you what you know for a 10% interest rate we'll cut the amount you owe from a hundred down to 55 so you can clean up and get this thing of this financial cloud over your head cleared up and off you go now the profitability in the whole thing is that you paid 15 or a lower amount than the 55 and you become like their bank. Right, you're a private, invest, uh, private investor now. Yeah. yeah, now there are companies who are out there who will sell these things to you, right? Still? Yeah. Okay, and, and what's the security behind it like? Well, you're buying a mortgage. Okay, but your name is not going on title or you have that, that security of being on title? You own the mortgage, you own the paperwork. And in fact, I have one. In a file folder down in the basement, so thick file folder like that that shows all the paperwork and all the payments that were made, right? And in one case, I made 19% in about eight months. In okay. another case, I made about 6% over a year. And do you and, have a facilitator doing all the, the, the paperwork yeah, all up yeah. for you? The, the way it worked out was I fronted the money okay, and I got half of the profits. And the other fella that I work with, he did all the work. So it was okay. sort of a, like a partnership. He does all the work yeah. to follow up with the, the homeowner yeah. to make the deal, to restructure it. Yeah. And then Tim gets half of it because he put the money to buy the mortgage yeah. paperwork. But there's no middle 
entity, let's say, like a, a, a lawyer or a mortgage broker or someone who is facilitating that that combination between no. you and, and the homeowner? No, there's, there's the only entity in between is called a uh, mortgage servicer. Okay. Mortgage servicer is the person who actually chases the mortgage owner or the mortgage holder yeah or the payments okay so this is almost I don't I, I really don't want to say it's like a rent to own situation but it's like more of a private lending yeah call it yeah. instead so, of going to the bank you have lent them the money so what yeah. would they uh, Tim what would they people are enticed to buy mortgage notes instead of buying directly the property or dealing okay. negotiating directly with it what, what is the why uh, using the sort of advantage if you think of it or the cool thing about it is you don't actually own the property so you're not responsible for taxes you're not responsible for you're not a landlord yeah you're not a landlord you're not a landlord right yeah. not a, you don't have to mow the lawn you don't have to maintain the property you just own the mortgage on the property because the property has an inherent value regardless of uh, the the state of the economy in general and that value is going up or down depending on the neighborhood and what's going on in the world at large so the mortgage is kind of like this this bit of paperwork this mortgage represents a claim on the title of the house and in your I'm assuming in your paperwork you are the first mortgage yeah and, uh, and in some cases the second mortgage okay but as second mortgage but first in, mortgage is more common right and, and the other two is within your paperwork if it were me I would write in something like you can't have a second mortgage on the property because if you know things go south we really yeah. need clear I, I need to get this money out yeah. and paid the first mortgage is always the first one to be paid out first yeah as far as I know before any other creditors come knocking right so that's so, why you yeah. look at your paperwork I think that's ultimately right. the uh, little tip here is to make sure that as an investor you want to make sure that it's written to your advantage not to uh, yeah. the, the mortgagee really yeah, yeah. Now, can that's, that's not the only detail set of details of to think of right yeah there's other but there's ultimately I want my money back I want to make <laughs> sure I'm safe that's the first thing to secure right your money but Tim, yeah. what can go wrong with it like can you can you always be in the positive is there a chance to lose money oh yeah okay so tell Definitely. us what so mortgage, if, if it's 2007, 2008, when the whole crisis happened, people lose their houses, okay? So the house is sitting there with no occupant. Vacant. Vacant. Now, because the crisis was so bad and the federal government stepped in and started doing all sorts of things to stabilize the market and reassure people, what happened on mass instead with all the subsidies that happened was there were just were a lot of vacant homes and there were a lot of neighborhoods that were basically wiped out um so your house 
against which there is a mortgage floating around. That house may have been, uh, have frozen pipes because no one's watching it. It may have been vandalized because somebody wanted to go in and steal the metal, uh, the copper or the furnace. For right? squatters. For, for squatters, things yeah. like that. Or it's just sitting there and eventually the roof deteriorates and it starts to leak. And the house is so far away from where you live and there isn't really anything that you can do other than either pay someone to go and inspect it. You can get a real estate agent to do a drive-by and give you an estimated drive-by value or even do a, a full appraisal. But if you're going to pay money to do that, then the investment value is going down. So that's something yeah. else to because you've got a little bit of an expense there. Well, and people who generally do this aren't somebody that they can just go to the bank and get the best rate. They might have issues with yeah. uh, their own credit. So yeah. the people that you're offering this to might not be, yeah. uh, they might be, let's say, self-employed or they have a, a, a very, very uh, erratic kind of income and, that's coming in. Yeah. So and, and remember, these things are mortgages. So they've been written by a bank at some time in the past. So what's happened is you've got all these mortgages that don't pay and the banks want to unload them because they're not in the real estate management business, they're banks. They're, they're, but they're also in the making money uh, business. So as an independent investor, I also want to make money. So really you have to do your research yeah. and really have to see who that person is. And if it is with a, a very just one person that you're you're uh, lending this money to, you yeah. have to do your research on that person and see what they're yeah, like. Right. You know what kind of income they can, and if they're good or not good with their money too. That ultimately yeah. I think is the big kick in the pants. Yeah. That person is not financially uh, savvy, or they, you know, they <laughs> they're in trouble already, or they well, have a past yeah. of trouble. Yeah. So well, in my case, you know, again, it was one of those things where the character of the fellow that I was dealing with, he's very good, very honest guy, but he's sure. also human. And what happened in, <laughs> one of, in one of the notes that I invested in, I put in money and bought the note and it, it took a long time to work it out. It took a long time to track down the original uh, mortgagee. Okay. Uh, and he was very honest about it. And then as it turned out, sort of, through the wash, we got a lot of money back out of it and kind of broke even. Didn't make a profit, but as it turns out, the actual house was in a neighborhood in a city in the US that the neighborhood was becoming, it was kind of like Detroit. It was going, it's starting to become vacant land again after many okay. years. So okay. the value of the house itself was falling to zero and if you inspected the house and someone did go inside at some point on his behalf took a look inside and found that one of the walls was had a big bend in it so that meant that water had penetrated the house and the walls were starting to collapse and if you look around in the neighborhood it was really one of those places where you needed a billionaire to come in and buy the whole you know 100 acres around you and put in, uh, you know, just redevelop the whole area. Right. But then because of other things going on in the economy, the industrial base in that area that established the neighborhood in the first place was gone, right? right. 
So the whole structure of the neighborhood and the city were, were in flux and changing. But as it is, uh, you've got the mortgage on the property, so you have the potential to take over the title. Right. And down the road, there might still be profit in it, but you're going to have probably have to wait a long time you know, for, the, for it to turn around. So right. this is like anything that anything can happen in real estate. And this is yeah. one of the things that if you're becoming an investor, you need to understand what is the risk and be okay with it. Yeah. Uh, and you, the, the best way to do is, first of all, know your financial position. I always tell people, know your financial position because that if you're strong, then if something happens or you have to wait for your money for a long time, then you're not strapped, like waiting for that money. Right, and I think we all agree on that, that whenever uh, any, uh, I, I think that's the way with YouTube, for sure, for me, yeah. I don't put all my eggs in one basket. I have multiple yeah. investments in multiple different ways, uh, not just real estate, but obviously, yeah. you know, we, we, we all don't have a crystal ball, especially during COVID, when uh, investing is, means different things and time frame might be different because if we invest in something let's say even home improvement with all of the costs rising for even lumber something like that we might not see a return if we decide to do a flip or something uh, as much as we were expecting a few years ago so uh, the market's gone up too so you don't know everything fluctuates everything you really have to have we always say plan B and a plan C yeah, that's right. and also uh, diversify right Araceli yeah, absolutely so yeah. that it starts from knowing your financial position and then go from there and usually real estate investing especially with certain things like mortgage notes that are not well Common. known and they're complicated that it's something could go really wrong you just yeah. have to be very careful uh, on what you pick how you do it and so on you have to take responsibility and educate yourself and know your you risk. Know, you have to know your risk. You, you know, it's in a perfect world. I mean, let's say tomorrow I won a $4 million lottery. Well, I would put some of the money in various real estate investments, but I wouldn't put all of it in there. Yeah, I would good. also, you know, I would also invest in maybe some training courses for myself on various topics. And I would also put some money aside somehow for my kids. And I would break things up into different portfolios of different kinds of things to spread the risk. Because what I've learned is the best intentions still can be thrown on the rocks and you can get a hole in the boat and draw on water and not get out of the storm for a long time, right? Absolutely, yeah. And you have to grow a thick skin. You know, we learned that down in, in the States, Araceli. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to have... I know the whole chat about yeah. that for sure. Yeah, so, so the, the, there's a lot to be said for living what I call living close to the ground in the sense of you might be wealthy either on paper or otherwise, but it, you, you've got to have a time horizon that's long. It's like 20, 30 years. Of course. And if you're going to jump around and try some speculative things, when you do that, you don't allocate a lot of funds to that sort of stuff and you start small and you start with some form of self-education and that might even be free there's a lot of free stuff out there well the information that example, right? we, we give lots of information too just on the show for people who want to get started in real estate and different ways that they can get yeah. it so that's why we wanted to talk to you 
because this was another way of, of looking at an investment, a, another option. If you don't want to be a landlord, I get that question quite often where they're like, I, d I have all this money, but I don't know where I want to put it. I know I want to put it in real estate, but how do I get started? And, and if I don't want to be a landlord, how do I do it? So this is an excellent option. So thank you very much, Tim. Well, yeah. thank you, thank Tim, you. for coming. And uh, really, this is to educate people, just to make them aware of what's out there. Other ways to invest in real estate may or may not be for you, but just be aware that this is available and just do your due diligence and research. And yeah. get a lawyer! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, but even then, there's a time for a lawyer and there's a time for you to be your own lawyer. Absolutely, but right. it, and it's also your risk. So that's the one yeah. thing that I do want to say. I, we have we did say it, but that you know, if you if you're risking your your residential home that you live in uh, to get an investment, some people say don't do it, don't risk it. Uh, Araceli's you know shaking her head. So this is the thing: you you have to outweigh the risk uh, versus your lifestyle. And if it's not right for you, then there might be something else that makes more sense. Absolutely, so we're here to answer. We're sorry, we're here to answer all your questions, so don't ever hesitate. Leave a note, leave a leave a little message yeah. uh, for us, and we will answer your questions for sure. Yeah. Just remember that all investing is, is for the long term, and we usually kind of give you about seven to more years, minimum seven, I would think, that is the minimum. And if you're not, a, if you cannot have the funds tied up for that long, then that might not be for you, but you have to think about start slow, start small, and continue to move on. Well, thank you so much, Tim. Really appreciate you being here on the show. Thank you, Colette. And this is awesome. So you guys, if you have any questions, please let us know. Please comment and uh, keep, keep the questions coming. And, and thank you for joining us today, too. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. And okay. we'll see you next week. Thank you for being here on the show. Please remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get notified when there are more shows available. And if you would like to have more information on how to start investing in real estate, please visit my website at www.aracelihernandez.com. Thank you.